Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Hey, everybody. It's a special extra issue. We are talking about the third season of The Boys. I'm Kaylin. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. Yes, this episode we are reviewing season three of The Boys. The robots are true! (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, settle down. You've been asking for this like crazy on social media. We're here to give it to you. It's season three of The Boys. The Boys are back in town. Which you can now find streaming all episodes. Wait, have they used that yet? The The Boys are back in town. The Boys are back in town. They haven't used that that for a single trailer or or episode. Or Boys Don't Cry by The Cure. I don't. I was gonna. I was thinking of Fergie <laughs> or or Boys by Lizzo. Boys, well, that'd be good. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> are we done with? <laughs> well, I I don't think we are, but keep going. Uh, or uh, Boys Paradise by some other. Or artist that movie I'm... Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. <laughs> boys or, uh, boys. or let's hear for the boys by Denise Williams yeah. for Footloose, but that's just the one boy. Boys, boys, boys is a. I don't know. Girls, got, girls, girls. Boys, boys, with Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. yeah boys, 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 boys. And then I think uh, I think MIA has a boys song, doesn't she? Yeah, she yeah. does. How many, uh, how many? How many? And that's <laughs> our review of the word boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the listener comes for. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the actual thing we're talking about, which is the boys. The short of this season is taking place a year after the events of the previous season. The story follows the boys now working for Victoria Newman's Bureau of Superhero Affairs to apprehend problematic soups, having been at peace with the seven. However, conflict is resumed once Butcher begins to investigate the truth about the apparent death of Soldier Boy, one of Vought's first American heroes, with the hope of killing Homelander for good. Meanwhile, Homelander's mental stability begins to deteriorate as Vought attempts to restrict his power, while other seven members, such as Starlight and Queen Maeve, assist the boys in their plot against him. Uh, stop where you're at, because the spoilers are coming. The spoiler long of it is you don't need it because you watched it and you're probably listening to this because you watched it and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Do you know you said the word resumed like a B? Resumed. 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 Oh, uh, uh, not with a B, but like a B. All right. Let's start high. Overall. Hive. What do you guys think? Some highs, some takeaways. What's your interpretation of the season? I mean, consistently uh, good acting. I think... As far as the plot goes, I feel like this had very solid motivations, understandings for each of the characters, especially when they peaked with the fight between Maeve and Homelander Love. Uh, and Soldier Boy and, and uh, Carl Butcher. Urban. Uh, Carl, 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 Carl Urban, that's his character <laughs> himself. Yeah. Um, overall, uh, not as many defects, I think, perhaps uh, thematically as this prior season. Yeah. Uh, but I still do wonder if they know what satire or parody is. <laughs> it sometimes doesn't seem clear that they understand. It's a blunt object. Like, do you get it? Do you get the parody? Do you get the satire? Do you get it? We're still uh, have you looked baby. at our country? People need that blunt. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. To speak on some of the good stuff before we really shit on it is, uh, I really I had some good chuckles. I really I it was pretty funny. Some good chuckles, yeah. all right. I had some good chuckles. And La- laughs from sensible 19- sensible chuckles. Yeah, by the yeah. Way. yeah. They were laughs from 1932. <laughs> and and also uh, some actually some really shocking moments actually did happen. That I think the show one of the best things it always does is 
Someone's about to explode or something's going to happen real fast and you're going to go wow after. So kudos to that. They delivered what they promised the, most of the time. The FX blood budget Ooh, for yeah. it's its uh, Amazon Prime must be extraordinarily <laughs> dense for just this show. I felt this season was the most Garth Ennisy as far Ennis as the, uh, the gore factor goes. Yes. I mean, starting off in the first episode where you have that little like, Adam Ant-Man shrinking guy yeah. going up the guy's dick and then blowing up. I was oh. like, first of all, not a great way to go. Um, and second of all, it's like this This is very much out of like the boys comic, which mm-hmm. none of us really who have read it are that fond of. <laughs> yeah. And I think the show has done a better job of hitting some of the themes that Garth Ennis um, and Derek Robertson wanted to do. Uh, so like it definitely veered more into the puerile like realm than the previous seasons, but I agree with Brent that I think it was a much more consistent season than season two, but not hitting the highs of season one for me. Interesting. I, I would, I thought this, I agree with you. I do think I was a little bit off that particularly that first episode and particularly that scene. I do have a lot of like, I have never done sounding, but I also have lots of weird shadow pains for no reason because I assume I'm sure it feels great. It's not my thing. But like just that idea and that whole sequence made me like, oh no, is this weirdly where we're gonna keep going? And how do we turn up the dial to like twelve in terms of absolute insanity for gore? Yeah, I do think probably maybe after because I think they released the first three episodes one night and then it was weekly after that. I think by the end of those three episodes, I was really hooked, and then I just consistently stayed hooked the entire time. Particularly because of Brent, your point that the well, everybody's point that the season was a lot tighter than two. And I think it's because we knew these characters and also everybody really got some level of arc. There's obviously some better and worse that we'll talk about, but the idea that every character, that's a big fucking cast and they managed to juggle almost a plot line for every single person on it. I thought was really well done and nothing felt like it was shortchanged or that people got sort of written out or lost as the season went on. It didn't feel like there was any missing links of people just falling off. Um, Going back to my comparison of it being more of a Garth Ennis comic. uh, The other thing is like there was a lot of, maybe inadvertent uh, kink shaming happening in this season uh, that like they're like clearly yes that's not going to happen in real life like going up somebody's dick but like the hero gasm stuff you know like it's just like let's make fun of it like oh look how like deviant and awful they are I'm like well no it's like people have their kinks and if they're it's with consenting adults like let's Frenchie wanted to go Frenchie wanted to yeah but also they were playing that up for a joke and that's very much a Garth Ennis thing who is He's ostensibly liberal in some ways, but really like like old white man conservative in other ways. And like he loves to kink shame within his comics, and so much so that a lot of people think he's homophobic in the mm-hmm. way he de- depicts right. some of the yeah. some of his stuff. Which and it can come across that way a little bit. All of the gay depictions were not great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and the one the one area that I saw where I was like, oh. It was kind of the pull, but was just they obviously did, and we'll talk more about payback and the overall team and the whole like sequence of events for their sort of the murder rampage that uh, Soldier Boy went on. But like the comparison, and I think that's what it was. I think it was the second episode or third episode where it was uh, Frenchie and uh, Kimiko went to the uh, what the fuck is it called like Votland or whatever, and then oh, like yeah. it was the comparison to Gunpowder and the Rifle Association. So it's like you had both real extremes to be like, see, we're really making fun of both sides. These people are crazy and they just want to have liberal noodles. And then these people want to give guns to kids. I'm like, this doesn't really help make anything funny or good. Like, so this that was goes like, back to my criticism yeah. of last season. Yes. So. And that was, I, I think they, they're, they have the, I don't, I think they did it to a lesser extent in this case. And this was like, 
I mean, sure, if you want to fucking think it's hilarious, there's like woke noodles, great. Like, but it's very obvious. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, it was just, I I think, I do think that there was a lot more, it is very clear that the writers do have a stand there. I think there's less season two-ish, especially towards the end, where they're like, isn't everybody nuts? This is why you just don't like anything. Versus I think in this season, it was a bit more like, "Mm, no, these people are actually fucked up. And I... I don't think that there was like major statements that a lot of the boys made, but even we'll talk about Huey's character journey from incel to like actually being a thoughtful, positive, masculine presence for his girlfriend, I think is a really cool thing that the show is really getting across. So the example of the woke noodles and their their version of Disneyland, I thought was one of those weird, do they know what satire is kind of moments? Because I think I ultimately fall on they do, that what they were trying to point out was how greedy corporate yeah. interests are going to be that oh, rainbow take, capitalism they yeah. will take any value and then try Damn. and but no liberal would buy into that <laughs> type of stuff they would yeah. think that is stupid be, and corny because it fucking is, it is that yeah. there's probably some other variation that they could have done that would have worked better yeah um yeah um, I, I will say uh, the narrative was a lot stronger this season than last season. Like there was a lot of propulsion of like this is a singular story of like Soldier Boy coming back and then uh, Huey and uh, Butcher using him uh, as a tool to take down Homelander. Yeah. And some of the deviations we got made sense like the stuff with A-Train and like what happened with, with like Night Nighthawk. Is yeah. that it? Or uh, Blue Hawk. Blue Hawk. Blue Hawk. Nighthawk's uh, real. Yeah. Nighthawk is Well, he's in the comic. <laughs> no, he's real. They're not real. He's real. <laughs> I know oh, he's not he's real. Coming in. He's I went through my window right now. He's Nighthawk. Uh, no, that stuff, I think, again, a little bit too on the nose at times. Like, Soup's Lives Matter. I'm like, okay, calm, calm yeah. down, calm down. But, like, um, I thought that was uh, an interesting character journey for someone like A-Train who is totally amoral in his own way and is very self-interested and coming to the realization that, oh, he actually has to, you know provide a perspective or take a stand Mm -hmm. uh, for people in his community. And he couldn't do it. And he couldn't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I I kind of worry that the show doesn't have an opinion about how people are moral collectively. That it sees every expression as being some cynical act that no matter what that people are displaying, unless it is concrete, are you murdering someone or not, that there isn't really values that people would espouse about the right way that, you know, we should look at power or that we should have any, you know, any expression of corporate values. Like, so like in the, in this world, there's this type of AOC character that they want to say, yeah, there are, there would, there would be a liberal character like that who, um, you know, would still be just power hungry. Mm -hmm. Like there's no one out there who actually genuinely cares about these things they're all somehow corrupt by every form of power in every way. Yeah, the the show is definitely still making the point that your institutions are broken, and I don't. I think that's why. On the plus side, I because I was like, as you were talking, I was thinking through, and I'm like, well, I think Mother's Milk and then Starlight, Starlight are really the yeah. two cent moral centers for the show, and I think that's why I really like their chemistry towards the end of like all these people are like fucking up. Like we yeah. got to get this shit together and figure this out. But I think I agree that there is never a like trust and build up an institution it's always well we got to do this ourselves which isn't necessarily incorrect if you're talking about systemic structures in these in the fucking u.s that are broken or are not working the way that they should or are built in a really bad way so i do think the sort of like 
lash out about that idea isn't outrageous. I just hate that it would be potentially taken away and weaponized from a perspective that's like either don't care about anything or like using that kind of idea to say, well, I'm better than other people and I'll take it out on them sort of thing. Well, I, I think that there are maybe, maybe I was speaking, misspeaking, but there are like, if you look at the moral gray area, it's a great drag queen name, by the way, misspeaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a moral gray area is yeah. also a great one. Yeah. <laughs> Mora gray area. <laughs> Mora gray area. Um, that, any of the moral gray areas that you see, like Huey in this season, you know, in the prior season, he was the canary. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the person who would tell you go you're going too far. Yeah. And then for this season, his arc to be him going way too far and then pulling back a little bit, I thought was silly. Yeah. But the thing that I don't like about it is that it doesn't recognize how often the choices that we make as co- a collective in order to improve our society are compromises there is mm. there is sometimes uh in order to make progress we yeah. do sacrifice things right it's sure. incre- we can incrementalism is not necessarily a bad thing like we can like you know step in the right direction and not get everything we want at the same time but wasn't that homelander and butcher teaming up at the end is that not the <laughs> i'm just making a stupid joke yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i think that's more like enemy of my enemy kind of thing yeah for that that particular moment that really yeah. that that's that is the mutually assured destruction right uh, can I just mention my one pet peeve is uh, like this is a show <laughs> that like wants to do satire of government and you know politics and also corporate culture and everything separation of powers bitch it's like a congresswoman cannot be the head of that was a, such a, a federal weird turn it, and it, like they could have easily made it like she was a former congress right, person quit who became to... the head of an agency of a new agency which happens all the time like Marsha Fudge Sit for example down. you know yeah, a former member of Congress. Yeah, now, I know Marsha Fudge. <laughs> I should. I'm just saying. I, that's worth yeah, a joke. Yeah, to yeah, me. yeah. But like, like it's. It was like, uh, why? You could have gotten one mm. little thing right, and then they just like, as somebody who works in politics, I was like, just took me out of the show immediately. I thought it was. At first, I was like, "Is that the same?" Because it didn't feel like the same <laughs> character yeah. at all. Well, my one weird quibble is that there are no super pets. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, tune in to next season. Well, there's super <laughs> cartoons though that. Uh, Noir saw. Noir says, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's kind of go down the character list and talk a little bit about these journeys. I think actually let's really build out the arc you were talking about, Brent, which is really the main crux of the overall storyline. So uh, Butcher and Huey are attempting to locate uh, Soldier Boy in an attempt to use him as a weapon to kill Homelander. It's kind of identified through Maeve and a variety of other sources that he's actually still alive. He was not killed when he was in uh, fighting in war with his team of payback. Very winter soldier. Yes, exactly. And was then instead like taken away and teleported and blah, 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 blah. So uh, first of all, let's talk about Butcher and Huey and their kind of up off relationship. You mentioned that you were kind of disappointed in in Huey's turn. Why don't you speak on that, Brent? Uh, I think that they tried to in the last season set him as the true moral meter yeah. of, of uh, butcher's character. And I think it's fine ultimately to pull back on that a little bit that, you know, your characters need to change and stuff um, like, like eight, not to jump away, but a train having the moral arc he's currently having. I think that developing your character in nuanced ways, having them make mistakes is important. I just think it's weird that they spent so much time trying to make him seem like, yeah. He's the good guy. Uh, then they're immediately like, but he's ready to take drugs. And well, it, the, the sort of turn that he tried to justify it with is because, like, he's too normal at home. 
he's gonna get boring and you're like yeah that's the kinda need, true the need, but like the need also, to protect starlight yes that that felt he felt so emasculated well, that's what i was gonna say though isn't that that's toxic masculinity to a t it is yeah i kind of actually more than think about it, i kind of like that arc I that, loved because it. it's like oh this person who is the paragon of virtue the canary to your point brent in the first two seasons realizes oh he's got like his own insecurity and his insecurity is leading him to do some really destructive things being very like feeling very less than his incredibly super powered girlfriend do you think his insecurity though i mean maybe i'll have to go back and watch the prior seasons but that his insecurity came out in relation to starlight yes okay then never mind i'll go yeah no and and the reason why it really stuck out to me because they drilled it home at some point yeah it was uh, to the point to the point where see this is why you need (laughs) blunt object tv shows well there's that but it's also i think it's it's the (laughs) the reaction of uh like what he thought of his father because there was that speech mm-hmm. at, towards the end of the season where he's like yeah. you know once my mom left you know and my dad was like you know taking care of us we were eating pizza rolls every night and like i just would be like felt sorry for him and i just felt like this guy is like a sad sack of human being and i realized he had a, his own quiet strength by holding it together taking and taking care of me and taking care of us and so yeah. I think I think that's part of it, and I think the Starlight stuff is part of it. Well, and and I th- I do think he serves as a really good parallel to another character, very ancillary, but uh, Mother's Milk's ex-wife's current boyfriend, because like <laughs> they sh- C- husband cuck one thousand. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh like God. they they did. I thought that was such a a, a really sucker. good capture on a TV show of how two different paths could go, right? Like. We know that incels exist. We know these fucking people have lost their mind because they think they're owed something to the world. And you could either go one of two ways. You either realize, like you said, Kalen, the story of like, what are what is really strength? What is really delivering? Or you say, wait, I'm angry because I'm not getting what I want. And I, I think really watching those two in parallel, and if you put them together... I thought it was like such an excellent way. Again, very blunt. I'm not saying like, wow, they really, really taught us all new stuff. But I like when you think about people that are obviously not us that aren't reviewing tons of fucking content and constantly looking for subtext and reading between the lines on everything. I think there's a really good opportunity to show people that these two things can exist and they can come from both places, right? It doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. It doesn't matter how you feel about X, Y, Z. Like toxic masculinity is fucking real for a lot of people no matter what. So, uh, going at, continuing on character arcs, we saw more of Butcher's uh, backstory, more of his his relationship with his brother and his father. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, obviously a very Ahabian type character, uh, but now he's got a ticking clock uh, because of the use of the compound V. Um, where do you guys see a character like that going? Is is he just supposed to be like a fun? you know, focal point or say flirty, fun, flirty, you know, just like a little, he does, he does wink a lot. Um, Um, Like, how did you see uh, him? How do you see him in this, in this season and maybe going forward as like a character who's like very clearly at the end of the candle? Uh, I would say season four might be the last and it's a, he'll have a heroic sacrifice at the end, which is deviates from the comic. And it would be earned too. I think this, that's another reason why I like this season. Cause they really built having his flashback. Normally I hate like all the extra information. I thought that episode was really well done. And I think it really created a much more three dimensional butcher. We already know he was always like, I'm going to be an asshole until, Oh, I got to be a little bit soft, but I'm like, Oh, this, this gives this character more gravitas, more dimension. And just the sheer fact that he carried it with him into future episodes after that one yeah. and talking with Huey and just kind of, you conversing thought it hit. 
Yeah, I like I, that. I almost about fell asleep for those flashbacks. <laughs> I was so well, I was like, here it go, here it comes. And then maybe the moral of this entire series is everything's going to be super blunt and we're straight to the point. Like you're not going to, it's going to be shoved down your throat because I thought it was so like, it was too much for me. It's going to be shoved in your cock. <laughs> and explode. <laughs> explode your asshole. So. I think it would have been like more interesting if the show had kept him away from the boys and like him having his own kind of mission mm-hmm. to take down Homelander now that Homelander has... Like Ryan has like kind of like uh, embraced his lineage, uh, versus like them kind of all coming back together at the end. Like I don't know if he earned a redemptive arc, in my opinion, or if he should have gotten a redemptive arc. Well, for all the other characters, especially uh, MM, uh, Frenchie, and Kimiko, hmm. they <laughs> throughout the season are just like. I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm so fucking <laughs> tired really of it. Were, yeah. And yet somehow they're still sticking around, even though all of them had pretty excellent reasons for getting the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, that trying to keep Butcher right next to them all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a weird balance to strike, but I am glad that they've unionized. And <laughs> they're decided. like, <laughs> it, yeah, which made sense. I'm like, why, do you, why don't you guys get together or sooner? And I'll be very clear about this. I'm very biased for the show. I just generally really enjoy the content. I've enjoyed all three seasons. So yeah. like, I can understand people being like, I wasn't that interested. But like for some reason, I'd, everything just really works for me. Same. And I, 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 I actually understood. did like it too because I think that it, it flushes out a little bit about why someone like Huey might get more attention. Correct. I'm going to be the voice of dissent, and it's not that I dislike the show because of any like plot or character or acting, because I think a lot of it's very, very competent. And I do agree to your point, Adam. Like sometimes for satire, it's got to be a blunt object for certain people to get it. I just think um, my mental state with the state of the world right now, like this was a slog to get through. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, and I love like realism in my like superhero fiction, my science fiction. I love like you know. Like, I think good, like, genre fiction should be able to uh, have a commentary on the world. I think this was so unsubtle for me. And mm-hmm. this is just me talking. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not telling anybody else how they should enjoy it or not enjoy it. It's like, I was like, uh, it was just like, it's like I'm reading fucking Twitter and I'm doom scrolling yeah. instead of enjoying this. <laughs> and I also worry a little bit about, like, the, the Archie Bunker effect of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, um, you know, those who don't know uh, who Archie Bunker is, it's a uh, character... He main... fought in uh, Nicaragua <laughs> along with Payback. <laughs> <laughs> he was the main character in a show called All in the Family uh, in the 70s, and it was a parody of this, like, really conservative racist man living in, you know, in one of the outer boroughs in New York. But, like, so many people identified with him. And, like, I worry... And it's weird to think that, but no. there are people it's who like identify with Homelander. They think, yeah, they think they, that he's like, the yeah, hero. That guy's right. That right. scene where he lasers the person calling him out, and then old Cuck One Thousand is like, "Yeah, it's yeah. too, it's too real." Uh, and like in terms of the emotions that fucking people are going to take away from recently, we, in, in yeah, and it's <laughs> they just weren't on Sixth Avenue or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and because like this, the second season came out in 2020 before the election, and this season is after January 6, yeah. 2021. It just there's too much that I was like, man, this is not fun to watch for me. Yeah. It's just not. No, I can definitely respect that. And there was certainly moments in this season that I I think we were talking about like, you know, do can you binge it? Do you watch it? Like watching this was the one of the shows where I'm like, weekly is enough because there is so it's so intense and like 
finding yourself in this world that is obviously not real, but also seeing a lot of very blunt allegories and allusions to what's truly happening and how horrifyingly terrible things could get in a couple of years. And currently right now for many people in many cases, right. it is it is not a safe place to be for sure. And it requires a lot of cognitive dissonance to be like, these are great things. I pray that people are also picking up on these things in a good way, as opposed to like a, I'm, oh, wow, Homelander was right. Like if I would just, I would just burn the world down if I saw ever someone ever wearing a Homelander was right t-shirt. Yeah. So can we talk about Homelander a little bit? Because I think that in this season, he was perhaps the least interesting he's been so far that probably the interesting parts about him are the, are the, is the recognition maybe that people will still support him. So I feel the same way, Kaylin, that when I watch the show, I feel the same way when I'm watching Chernobyl, that it's like <laughs> this, there's this dread of like, oh yeah. my God, these people don't see yeah. what's going to be happening next. And it feels terrible. It felt very much like years and years, like yes. the, the Russell T. Davies yeah. show and, on HBO. And oh, it's, a, a point, it's a hard yeah. thing to sit with continuously throughout a show. Um, but for someone like Homelander, I worried more about the the sympathizing parts where Stormfront bit her own tongue off to right. kill herself on his birthday, uh, his fake birthday. And it, even though I, I didn't feel any sympathy, I felt yeah. like the show was still trying to ground the character in some way. But then he They'll made a girl with, jump off a building. Yeah. They'll try it with everyone. This, I mean, this show will try it's to a humanize game of th- everyone. It's very Game of thrones in my they, mind. They're going to try it. I, I found this season and his his arc to be, we've really seen this already mm-hmm. and we don't care anymore. He's just full-on evil and I just I can't get any redemption out of him. The, uh, that scene with um, the woman who is going to jump and he makes her jump is the dark mirror of uh, a scene in All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison right. and Frank Quietly where Superman comes and saves a woman who is like starting to jump and he like mm-hmm. shows her his humanity right. and like just is like I'm I'm here to catch you if you fall I'm you know here for you and it's just a really sweet moment and it's just I think that's the other part of it too I'm sick of fucking dark versions of Superman yeah. I am I'm done with that that archetype it's just make it's exhausting so are you done though with dark versions of soldier Bo- of captain america <laughs> no 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 we can talk about that Hey, he has an explosive chest for some reason yeah. that was really good that ass. Was a weird I, well, ad. Uh, yeah. I did you guys feel like they're like how can we sneak in iron man into this character let's put an oh, arc reactor that, in this fucking chest that's so I funny. a little dr manhattan that, too. yeah that's yeah. a great point <laughs> Uh, well, the yeah. Russians found a way to add an extra power. So let's talk That's about so another another big player in the the major arc plotline to kill Homelander. Obviously, is Soldier Boy himself um, new for hey, the season? Soldier Just, Boy. That's what I was just yeah. saying. <laughs> that, no, no, not the famous rapper. Oh, what? <laughs> no, Grandma. Superman that hoe, and he's just looking at Homelander. <laughs> no, 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 geriatric community, not that one. Um, <laughs> what did you guys think of what was obviously a takedown of American memorabilia? Good. <laughs> I was. We don't really see this version very often. We see the Superman all the time. So I was kind of. I kind of was enjoying this. Um, also, I think the performance by Jensen Eccles was. I think it was really good. So I thought I, he was really good. Yeah. So I. I like to see this takedown of what is all that is good, um, and done in a very different way. And for 
Captain America to go up against Superman, basically. <laughs> kind of a and fun he's arc his to see. Father. Superman and Iron Man. Yeah, at the same but time. who is his father? Who is his son? Who is it? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I thought it worked. Uh, I think um, there was definitely like uh, playing up the um, the propaganda effect of like uh, the United States from like the 40s to the 80s. I think was was huge. I think Paul Reiser, whose character was the kind of like the agent, like kind of slimy Hollywood guy, mm-hmm. who was there to like kind of prop up the heroes. When he's telling, I think Huey uh, about like you know, like uh, when he was like, well, he was still a hero. He was at Normandy. He's like, yeah, he was at Normandy two I weeks later. D-Day already happened. He did a fucking photo op, but he was there at Kent state and he was there in Birmingham, yeah. you know, with the hoses. And it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, like this guy is truly a monster. And I think that playing a critique on the myth of America versus the real, the real history of America, I think is a very strong point that I wish the show had explored a little bit more. I agree. I think they, the, value of someone like Homelander is that you see America as it views itself now, but there's this, you know, uncomfortableness of someone like Captain America in the MCU where there's all these people who Captain America worked with that when they came home, they would have been second class citizens. And uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier try to get into that a little bit, mm-hmm. but just having a character around that's constantly homophobic, constantly racist and sexist, just a real piece of shit like all of the all of the PTSD and uh, <laughs> toxic masculinity from post World War II carrying that on through solidly through today. It's, I think it was it was a good reminder. Ryan will get this reference. He was the ultimate universe Captain America. A thousand percent. This uh, A doesn't stand for or this A doesn't stand for France. It's, yeah. Jesus. Which, yeah. That was literally that was a line. A fun run, yeah. It does well. It does where you um, capitalize the A in France. So it's nice for them to also. It's, I think it's easier to stick it to DC a lot, especially with their heroes being a little bit more one dimensional in their earlier issues or whatever. So, yeah. so it's nice to see this, them really going after Marvel in a blunt way as well. Um, one of the chuckles I got was when he was just walking down the street. And he just <laughs> saw two gay people interacting. And he went, Ugh. Uh. which I that I saw myself in. Yeah, at that point. because you know I mean, yeah. it, being disgusted at seeing I a, am America. Yeah, <laughs> being disgusted at seeing a bunch of gay people around you yes. is either extraordinarily homophobic yes. or very gay. Okay. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I, I really, again, this is me gushing over the show, even though I know it's like. I, I think the no, 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 your opinion's yeah, valid. Yeah, but it's I. I what You're I, stupid, but your opinion's valid. But I, valid. what I liked about it, and was I was that it was a great representation of queer panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the because I think we always keep talking about like, well, what side are they on? I'm like, there's three seasons worth of basically anti-American nostalgia. So your first season is all about Homelander, obviously representing the U.S. and obviously being a fucking shit show behind the scenes. Your second one is Liberty slash Stormfront mm-hmm. talking about Nazism and talking about white supremacy. And then this third one is that the golden years were not the fucking golden years. And I just like, I, I think it's, it's again, like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, but I also appreciate that they're like, hopefully balancing a conversation that enough people are actually understanding, being interested a little bit more that normally frustratingly, shouldn't be turned off but would be turned off by more specific like oh liberal stuff blah 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 it's like uh, like it's hard to negate i think some of the conversation they have because of the way that it's presented and because it's like really wrapped in this it's it's like uh 
It is like fucking putting your uh, fucking dog's pills in peanut butter, essentially, as far as I can tell. That's exactly how I would describe this show. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it's like you're wrapping it in a layer that people... We we understand the metaphor. (laughs) But what I mean is like nobody's going to fucking watch a historical drama about some of this stuff or want to listen to some of it. But if it shows up in this way, it could hopefully get people a little bit more active to understanding what the fuck's going on. I guess that is something that I hope maybe the next season flushes out a little bit more is that, yeah, all right, you've got all these different representations of America and American values or nostalgia and selective memory, but this season maybe set the seeds for a criticism of someone like the boys that like, there is another view of America that they are the ones who will police Mm. and will protect you from the other big bads. Yeah. And that there are certain ways in which you can or can't do that. So very, who watches the Watchmen? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to ultimately go in that direction, but I mean, the, the boys is like from the comic perspective is a lesser version of what Alan Moore was doing in the 1980s. It is deconstruction, but taking the piss out of it in like a much more puerile way than right. what Moore did. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities. And I mean, the first season of this show came out at the same time or right before Watchmen did on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So, it's uh, just so crazy that source content is so wild sometimes. It just, it would not, if you tried to actually translate that to a current day TV show, it would go horribly. It and, would, <laughs> but they got closer this season than they have in previous seasons. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they're really finding it, but they basically have to rewrite all the content because it's, it just does not work. Yeah. Uh, we know girls get it done, so uh-huh. let's talk about some women on the show because we've been talking Thank primarily you. about all the male characters. Kimiko's the best character. Yeah, ever. so big players. You had Starlight, Kimiko, Queen Maeve. Do you even get satire, Adam? Yeah. The deep... <laughs> <laughs> The Deep's wife for Sabadri. Like, can we talk about? <laughs> she <you>? has a name. <laughs> I Toxic. Yeah. I think it's Alice. I I got to tell. I love Starlight. I think Erin Moriarty is a great actress. Yeah. I think the character works. I think her whole journey has been really interesting. I do feel like she ended up having to play more of the like these fucking idiots, which I like want her to continue to have her own journey, which she kind of did with Supersonic and the the kind of conversations Homelander. But let's talk about the ladies. What do you guys think? I mean, with respect to Starlight in particular, I do hope that there's more reflection on her part in the next season about what a mistake it was to bring Supersonic in so early in the way that she did uh, because of how carefully you have to play with these, you know, this palace intrigue. Well, that and also, I mean, it was Supersonic's fault by thinking that a train could be a potential ally yeah. as well yeah. and like i don't think she prepared him it's like you can't trust anybody but me you know and so i'm glad that like they uh i know we're talking about uh starlight and the female <laughs> characters, but i quickly pivoted to men because <laughs> he's you know, gay honey yeah i'm glad that's his that, superpower <laughs> i'm glad they like took him off the chessboard pretty quickly and didn't there wasn't a heel turn from him because i was like i, yes, I could not I deal know. with another i would have been, been pissed i was Agreed. just like annoyed Agreed. i'm like Oh, him, I'm him, the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, but like him, killing him off, fine. Like he's like as a good guy, he doesn't work. He's too overpowered. As a bad guy, I would just be exhausted. Killing him, fine, mm-hmm. good. Uh, Queen Maeve was just. This is my biggest beef with the show. Yeah, go I'm on. kidding. There's so many. It's, uh, <laughs> but the way I th- I think for the most part, everyone got to play in. They kind of popped in. She really was sidelined too much for this show. Mm-hmm. And then they really tried to make her story arc happen at the end, but she was not in it enough in the early episode. She's barely seen. And then she gets literally captured. So I think, I think the handle it's 
the problem with this, whatever side you are on with the show, is there's so many characters that everyone's not going to get their due. That's fair. But I I wanted to see more of her, especially her having her supposed happy ending. This I mean, it's probably not going to end well. Let's be honest. But like, I I wanted to see more of her arc because I thought I found her to be one of the most compelling characters. I like Queen Maeve a lot, but I feel like seasons one and two kind of got her arc to full circle that there wasn't much more you could do character wise for this show. So they had to like kind of take more plot, plot device. Yeah. Then then we need to kill her. If we know anything, they tried to, yeah, I know. (laughs) And then she had plot, she had literal plot armor. No. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. It was a very open, closed book. I, I definitely felt that, but yeah, the character and the actress like really just works. I enjoy it. And her fucking eyeball got taken out. Oh yeah. And she just, she's going to be Nick Fury in this this universe. Yeah. I get an eye patch. Um. Next. Well, one person we really haven't talked about is uh. Oh God, what's her fucking name? Ashley. Ashley oh, is playing a very God. big role after she's the, the new CEO. Correct. Yeah. yeah. More like she. Well, and especially because um, what's his actual name? John Carl Esposito. But Stan Edgar got sidelined halfway through the season. That was a that was a <gasps> clever plot move. I actually thought that was that worked out well. Like again, it's like this guy who's this master manipulator gets played. Like Get moves off, off the chessboard. He I think that worked well. He definitely back. had some other fucking shows. He's like, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do the last season of, of uh, Better, uh, Better Call Saul. <laughs> you know? I'm in the Mandalorian, don't you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. But <laughs> I, I do think that the actress uh, was it, Colby Benifi, that plays Ashley nails it. I don't, I don't believe. I can only believe that it works because Homelander's like, you're our fucking like, just sit around and be the CEO, and we'll do everything for you, right? Because like, obviously, that wouldn't fly at a normal normal company that wasn't evolved with superheroes. But I think she's really good. And I her fucking like weird turn with A Train was intense and creepy and I loved every minute of it's, it. It's so her arc is really strange because she's not that she's not in control of herself a lot, but what she was doing was just imitating people's mo- like yeah. yes. She just a lot started of imposter. She exactly. It's an entire imposter syndrome. So like the one sex scene where she literally pulls out Homelander's <laughs> dick. Maybe you're acting like him a little bit. Like it was, it was quite, quite crazy. And also, um, really a lens on female pattern baldness, which we don't really talk <laughs> yeah. about. You know, what, what does she say? Like uh, when Homelander said this to her, like, did your dumb brain take stupid pills or something like that, or or your, your she, dumb brain fuck stupid? Yes, literally yeah. repeated it, repeated yeah. it back to like the you know <laughs> yeah. not Sean Hannity or not Tucker Carlson. Right. Basically, are we talking about wig though? Are we talking about? Oh, wig? well, that, don't. I mean, she has a wig, wig, and it's a gorgeous wig. Yeah. Also, but, big credit for other Ashley, who is actually in the credits. Other Ashley, the ah! is credited. That's, that's amazing. Um, I kind of like the Deep's wife, Cassandra, uh, Lady Macbeth. Um, I thought it's kind of fun to have a character who you see them all the time. That's like helping some much more incompetent person mm-hmm. get further along. That they only do it because they're a man and white and. You know, slightly good looking. But then they go and fuck an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> he really... Really fucked it up. I don't understand why his dick could fit in an octopus's mouth. It couldn't. It's They're, also a beak. Wouldn't it like... <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it expand? I don't know. No. No, not that much. It just has like a... Octopus have beak mouths. Like that's a terrible they're, they're, blowjob. They're like... The, Show me the opening. The mouth, the mouth, <laughs> the beak is actually one of the most... It's the most... It's the restriction on the size that an octopus can fit through like a hole. Mm. So like an octopus, a large one can fit through like a hole the size of a quarter. The whole thing. <laughs> Amazing, right? But they're limited by the beak. It do, it's not expandable. 
for his arc to be he's getting he's getting no redemption but all getting of that octopusy <laughs> good job his he gets no redemption and all he gets is to look dumb every single fucking time <laughs> yeah. i love it it's amazing uh Let's stop talking about white women and start talking about Kimiko. What did you think of her journey? Amazing. Kimiko? Amazing. Yeah, so good. I don't want a romance with her and Frenchie. I, I like them being platonic. That feels... I think they like they kind of basically covered that, right? Because they ended up having the kiss, and then she... I think she really does see him as like a very intimate like brother, but not in a way of like anything weird. But... That's I don't know yeah that's how I took it. like I thought that was actually a great way to take take their kind of relationship because you could tell there's a lot of energy but like yeah it isn't sexual tension in nature it's just sort of like they just really have a good bond yeah that the kiss was I was like oh I like I would I would be like kind of like Frenchie I'm like oh I, I don't mind this but I don't I never expected this yeah. you know I don't know this was her season I think I think oh, she was the great. breakout this season I think she really took a just. She was not in the spotlight at all in her, the other season. So what is I it really the, appreciate it. When they're at the party and like she has that sort of like singing moment uh, yeah. when she walks Aww, out. I thought that was yeah. just so beautiful. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, Did you guys, I, when the scene happened, I thought the show is dead. The scene where they're singing and dancing along in the hospital. Oh, oh. oh. Very, very Legion the show, season one. The show does a musical number. This is fucking Jumping over. Jumping shark. <laughs> Well, then they put cartoons in with Black Noirs. So. Yeah, I feel like that has just like, how do we make this character seem crazier? Like, we got it. He's fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if they... Just has brain damage. Yeah. Leave him alone. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, writers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't love it either. What? Oh, I didn't mind Let's talk. Let's speak on him. So Black what? Noir. Oh, oh, we're done with the women? <laughs> no, let's talk about... More <laughs> Kimiko. <laughs> um, well, I did. Well, I actually think the only problem with her, her, her arc... Is that it was intimately tied with a very boring Russia mafia arc? Yeah, where the fuck did that what, Nadia or whomever come from? <laughs> That's the other Nina. Woman we need Nina. To talk Nina. To. Oh, yeah, that was random. So she's completely random. And when also, you're tied up against a wall like a dog naked, then you are a tied up naked dog. Yeah. Is what I think the, the takeaway was. The journey for her, I did think, was weird. That there was this kind of like whiplash of she just lost her powers and then immediately is getting them back. Yeah. Well, because she real, I, like I think it, I kind of would have liked to, like a little bit more of an exploration of what it would be like to not have powers and still try and help save the day. Like if they if they dialed back any of the violence that she actually experienced, you know, in trying to save Frenchie and whatever. Yeah, it was too fast. Yeah, but I but I think it was the main the main context of that was simply her losing the powers was like, oh, now I can be a human being, and she's like, no, wait. I'm still a fucking nut job. So the, give me this those show, back. This show being a blunt object, everyone needs powers by the end so they can all <laughs> I, fight. I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm, I'm going to kill us all if we keep saying blunt object. <laughs> what about? I'm going to strike you with a blunt what object. What about? Ah, put that down, Brad. Object. Um, blunt cake. Blunt cake. Uh, all right, let's talk about another powerful woman, possibly. Black Noir. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, did not realize his... Oh, I did really like the... The reason why the cartoon stuff worked for me for him is when they were able to show you how his face got fucked up in the past and do it in such a weird, creepy way. That's where it paid off him. Like the cartoon characters following around, whatever those doing flashbacks that way, I thought nailed it in terms of craziness. Yeah, I did like that. Uh, I think though that what really, what I ultimately tipped the scales on accepting it was as he was dying, the stuttering <laughs> yes. squirrel was like, and, and join the heart of 
Christ. <laughs> like, I was not expecting him to say that he was Christian. Uh-oh, you had a sensible chuckle. I did not expect <laughs> a sensible chuckle. I, I guess I just never thought of an overriding moral philosophy of his to be deeply evangelical <laughs> yeah, Christian. That was out of nowhere. I guess we should have yeah. got more of his backstory. Sure. <laughs> we, um, are, we are missing one last strong woman from the, the conversation. Is Victoria Newman. The uh, head you crushing AOC. AOC, yeah. Well, I think it's I thought they pulled back on that. A l- I don't. They did. Yeah. I didn't take that. Away. I didn't take away the season that heads. she was like. I I mean I get that she obviously still because of the last season operates as like a liberal stand-in. I didn't take that. As, they kind of downplayed it a lot more it's of a who, different she, character. who she's representing. She's literally fucking exploding heads. It's and all about her being. She an can asshole. explode anything she looks at, not just heads. She I mean, yes, except she's now the running mate yes, for the Democratic crazy. stand. I'm like, okay, so like now she's not now AOC. She's, on both co- sides. she's Kamala Harris. Yeah. yeah. Now. <laughs> Are they going to go with that again, or is she just going to get a new job next season? Like, it's just... Oh, she's also the running mate, and she's, like, the head of an ice cream parlor. (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, I I think her arc was interesting, and, like, how she's villainous for a very good reason. Mm -hmm. She's trying to protect her daughter. Sure. you know, I think that's fine. It's just like it's just the show wants it kind of both ways. It's a messy it, character, and yeah, it just it it's, is. it's just thematically it just drives me a little crazy. But I'm less annoyed by it than I was last yeah. season. Are you interested in all at seeing or following the thread of what happens to her daughter now that her daughter has been given compound? God, yeah, no. I am. Am I ever interested? I, in following I completely a child? forgot about. That. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't know I, I think that again, that was such a interesting, like protective and monstrous thing mm-hmm. that like she can do to like protect her daughter was like inject her with this very unstable chemical if they have a kid fight between ryan and this girl <laughs> i'm gonna freak out and cheer out like nobody's yeah. Yeah. are you an angel i do think she had i think her like her oh my God. her two mega uh scenes one with starlight and then one with homelander later in the season i thought worked out really well and also I think they, I think her character just like really became something very different, which I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I just loved her and Starlight just bitching it out on the old fucking like penthouse. I guess, I guess the putting her in the position to become the VP is not as scary or, you know, alarming to me as that Homelander laser scene because it's like yes. Homelander has already threatened in this season. Look, I'm doing things the nice way. If I wanted to, yeah. I could become planet dictator. Mm. Uh, so, like, what yeah. is what's the real value of getting the presidency if you're Homelander? Yeah, um, I think he's maybe addicted to power. Let's just well, and fame, fame, and fame, he likes yeah. the adoration for sure. I mean, that's every all he wants yeah. is validation. I mean, he had. The booby lady in like, the first season. That's uh, why yes. Soldier Boy called him the worst <laughs> son. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Booby lady. <laughs> Great. Sorry. Uh, mo- actual mother's milk. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's continue talking about women. Booby lady. <laughs> booby lady. Yeah. Uh, what was her real name in the, in the show? The other mother's milk. I think <laughs> yeah, it was. I think yeah. I just yeah. credited nah, it as that. We're all feminists. Um, no. Monsters. Very... Guys. Very uh, so yeah we I think we kind of covered Frenchie and anything from mothers I feel like we haven't talked about mothers milk a little bit um, again like him dealing with his anger issues is like it's interesting but like I thought it was a little one note like I like him as a character and I like like I was like if I were him you know I would definitely want to punch like his ex wife's new husband yeah. for being a fucking disgusting cuck 
Yeah. But like other than that, I was like, oh, he's a paragon of virtue. And he's just got some anger issues. There's not much more complexity. Yeah, I was like, I that. really, I supported the punching. <laughs> I, sure, I, it was sure, fine. I, I kind of understand the, I, I thought there was a lot of complexity in someone who's trying to deal with real PTSD and then trying to hide a bunch of stuff from his daughter because mm-hmm. basically any interaction we saw uh, with his daughter, he's having something that is triggering him and he is constantly fighting it. The thing that I think sold it for me was him having that conversation with her at the end to actually mm-hmm. talk about his that was feelings. nice yeah um it made him more him more grounded i think than perhaps this kind of character caricature but possibly real cuck 1000 <laughs> uh, i just like that entire the entire season which i love is like because you can sort of see a mile away from where that the, the new yeah. husband's going and you just hate him. Do you Every think, turn, do you think that the casting turn. the casting director was given the note, find the man with the most punchable face? Yeah. <laughs> he it's, definitely looks like uh oh god, what's that guy's name that like JK Rowling is palling around recently, Matt something or other? I like don't know, he's like a friends. total oh, total no. awful, awful, like like awful human being, like homophobe, like anti feminist. I've never <clears throat> I've never wanted kids. I've never had the desire. But I But felt, if you wanted one, you could because you are what? Sickness. <laughs> But and I, you are what? Not that type <laughs> of boys. Well, um, the reason I, I don't want no, kids is because I'm not a monster. I'm not a mother. <laughs> <laughs> but that scene did bring something out of me. I'm like, if my if my daughter did listen to this asshole, I would freaking flip out too. Yeah. It does make sense. Oh, it for do, sure. It does bring something up in you that you're like, don't listen to this person. Uh, and that arc made a lot of sense because like, you know, early on where like you see her birthday and it's all superhero themed and she like wants yeah. like all like the superhero toy stuff and like the posters and everything. So of course, like she's going to be susceptible. I mean, she's a kid, but susceptible to like her stepdad's like adoration for this utter like power hungry asshole. Uh, sorry, the name, by the way, of Mommy Chest Milk is, uh, is, uh, I was literally doing the exact same. It's Chelsea same. Handler. Um, <laughs> Don't do that. Madeline, it's, it's Madeline Stillwell. Madeline Stillwell. I was doing the exact yeah. same thing to be like, I want to close the loop on this and yes. ensure that we are not referring to Elizabeth Shue's character as Booby Lee. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only one who did that. Though. I was hoping that you'd all jump in with her actual fucking character no, no, name. Th- th- we're going to just pile on. Yeah, yeah, right. no, we're the sexists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a really fucking weird storyline. I'm sorry. That's an easy thing to take away. Um, anything on payback that you guys liked? I felt like they were kind of like, eh, fun stand-ins. Happy yeah. that they were dispensed of quickly. It reminded me a lot. I think the other reason why I like this season a lot is because it reminded me of an old like Powers book. Yes. Because it was all about like the flashbacks, the flash forwards, who's killing yeah. what, and da 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 da. So and the, you know the team didn't work out as well as we all thought. So I think that was another part that was really calling back to me of like, oh, this is the type of shit I used to love reading. Um, but to your point, none of them are. They were all like interesting, but they were all fo- like plot foils. I'm really glad like while the seven are, you know, kind of like a Justice League stand in in some ways. The payback was not an Avenger stand in mm-hmm. with the exception of Soldier Boy being Captain America. Like there wasn't an Iron Man. There wasn't like a wasp, even though there was the dude with like the dragonfly, dragonfly <laughs> guy. But like he's not like he shrank. Yes. Um, you know, there wasn't a Thor or like a Hulk. Like they were kind of their own Thing, and yeah. I think that I mean, worked TNT a lot better. Were like the Wonder Twins, basically. They were like the Wonder Twins a little Wasn't bit. Wasn't yeah. it a little bit like the Howling Commandos if they all had powers? Wouldn't it be like that, I guess? Uh, I don't know. I think that's just because they put it in a sepia tone. Because they're like, in, oh, it's, in, it's in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. So yeah. you've got to put it in a brown tone. Yeah. I mean, gunpowder is clearly, I guess, I mean, Bucky. However, yeah. uh, young uh, Grace Mallory, I thought was great. 
Yes. Oh, love. Oh, fantastic. She's like, tell him to and get. Grace Malley in general, great the fucking fuck character. Down. I want to grow up He's, to be her. He is giving away our current position. Yeah, I did like uh, uh, Soldier Boy. Was it on American Bandstand or Soul Train yeah. or one of those where he's singing like uh, Blondie's Rapture? It was this. <laughs> Such a bizarre scene, but it really worked for me. How much he was bragging about being in like Elvis Presley style movies. Yeah. Uh, what a fucking joke. I'm it's like, having... oh, yeah, we should have won the Oscar, but they fucking gave it to whatever movie came out that year, yeah. like Turns of Endearment or whatever. I was just happy to see Laurie Holden getting work after a terrible run in The Walking Dead. How did how did we feel about Crimson Countess? Countess yeah. I, I, again, I, I thought that really, I really loved the washed up hero. I know it's been obviously done a lot nowadays. Yeah. But like I thought, all the characters kind of worked, and like the weird, like she, what did they do afterwards? Yeah, she was great. Get, hey, get her hands apart. <laughs> okay. Just don't uh, let her get her hands there. Right. Uh, okay, so this is another one where it's like, all right, she devoted her life to helping chimps. So are we supposed to make fun of her for like <laughs> that? Like of all the things, like I know it, it's it's funny when a celebrity like picks a weird hobby or whatever and becomes obsessed with it. But I always think it's funnier when it's like. Yeah, I decided to start a band and now I'm a really I'm a I'm a white male who thinks that he's a great jazz musician mm-hmm. or blues musician rather than being like, oh, yeah, I divided my life to conservation. Ha ha. Uh, so th- that scene also had Seth Rogen, right? Like l- like it, when when like yeah. he was doing her like basically her like dominatrix you yeah. know, stuff on the webcam. Um I know why they use like a lot of celebrity actors. And I think when they were playing themselves, like uh, uh, Shirley, Shirley Theron basically Storm. being Stormfront, <laughs> but like, uh, okay, she's the actress Shirley Theron yeah. in the Dawn of the Seven. Yeah. But Seth Rogen just being some random Stand schmo in. who's jerking off. It was, I forgot that scene. Annoyed yeah. His, his I voice is so distinctive. I'm like, that's no, just, it's it's just it's Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Not Ernie. <laughs> yeah. Is he a Muppet? I'm what? a Seth Rogen. <laughs> That's what he fucking sounds like. Sorry, he sounds like uh, you're not the ooh, Cookie ooh, Monster. No, I can't do it. <laughs> you I don't know. I can't do it. Or Fozzie Bear? Is that what you're doing? Yes. Oh my goodness. I oh we covered pretty much everybody except for the Ryan Butcher. That kid's fucking stupid, and I hate him. <laughs> what do you guys think? And just when I thought I wanted to be a parent, I saw Ryan <laughs> Butcher fucking murder that. Scene do they call him Ryan Butcher because of what he did to his haircut? <laughs> Oh my god! Wow. Got that child. As a kid who had that same haircut, I'm gonna say fuck that. Good kid. job, Brent. You really got that <laughs> underage kid. Um, <laughs> He's a character. He's not real. He doesn't have an age. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't deal with like 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 a Damien Antichrist demon child. I don't I know. care. Very it's bright burn, Elmo. Essentially. <sighs> Or a very, a very, every Ryan, like Mark Miller comic. Resident Brightburn aficionado. <laughs> what is that really something no, that your resume? No. Never if I could say that. So, uh, well, what did you guys think of his last minute smirk? Little smirk. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Horrifying. No, it's just like it's like the Antichrist Spooky. child. Where like it's very like. What I reaction? Know. I guess I guess I mean more. Is there some other reaction you would have liked to have seen? Get to get his head blown off? I don't know. This no, is- like like instead of expressing like pure. Joy, smug, smug contempt and joy. Like, would you have liked to seen like a little bit of distress, uh, uncertainty, him to retreat, keeping the same face? I, I guess so. I just don't understand the character arc of like him. Like, he was very much like his mother's son yeah. in in season two, and then like obviously she died, and then like he's got like the bonding with butcher, yeah, yeah and all that, and, and like now, clearly they had their little bit of a of a riff, but like him going 
pure Homelander. And I was like, when did that happen? Because I don't remember that. He just doesn't see himself at, like, he just Any doesn't room. see Butcher as a father figure anymore. Yeah, but then go, going to the opposite extreme of, like... Because he's, Homelander's, besides pushing him off the roof, and especially now, Homelander has always wanted to be like, I want to be your dad. I want to coach you. I want to teach you. I want to do this. And I think he would have liked, I think... Butcher and him could have worked out, but then Butcher acted like a fucking asshole. So it's a fucking kid. But, uh, sure, but like him not having a horrific reaction to what happened is like just seemed really out of character. I, yeah. But he has powers that he can't control. He sees this father figure quite literally and d- using his powers, I guess, successfully. So he just gets in that world. I, I, it's terrible and he's wrong. But the, the, he's a child. The kind though. of emotional linchpin of Butcher having like constantly being around and definitely holding the resentment of having to take care of this kid uh, yeah. who was the result mm-hmm. of an affair his wife had and who was the executor. She was raped. Wife. Yeah, it was sorry. not an affair. Sorry. I thought they had an affair, but then she was raped. No. I, what, did she and Homelander have an affair? I don't remember. How, I think No, she was, I think, because it was happened at the party, right? It happened at yeah, the party. So. He raped her. Oh, I thought I yeah, thought she cheated far, and then was raped. But no, whatever. as far, yeah, I don't remember. Sorry. I don't know. I know in the book, I, I don't know how they changed it. The, Sorry, I don't not remember. the important yeah. thing. Yeah. The, the important thing in this, what I mean here is that Butcher is bringing around just constant resentment yeah. toward this kid. Yeah. The kid's only experience with Homelander is a person he's been kept away from. And that he show me the is world. fine. Yeah. He doesn't blame him for this. That's right. Death. They had that entire scene where he talked to Stormfront. When he talked about Stormfront, he's like, "It's not your fault." Or so the mom. I guess too. I would have liked a little bit more of a qualified ending for that kid. That that maybe he's not immediately smirking because I do think that him trying to pull his father away from the fight. Uh, with yeah. Butcher was a sign that he still values. Yeah. I, I do yes, think it was that makes those, more sense than like like point, than yeah. like being happy that it, like this happened. Yes. It was a I think I do think it was a rush job. I'm not going to say the B word, but I do think it was a rush job in an attempt to showcase how Butcher is a B word. No, blunt. <laughs> but oh. I do think it was a very it was, very, like, it was a very yeah, I was like Brent. No, it was a very big rush job. I think to try and connect. Boom lady. The dots on how generational like racism or this like because they're like or like, you know, how do kids today grow up to be fucking assholes right now because they're following in their parents footsteps kind of. And if they're never checked with any of their privilege and power. Right. uh, Any of the uh, entitlement that kids naturally experience never gets corrected by society. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. wow. Real you? blunt objects and blunt opinions <laughs> yeah. we have here only, on this blunt podcast. The only blunt I care about is Emily. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one I'm smoking okay. right now. Do you have any uh, last thoughts on the show? My only one is that I I was very excited that they kept Stormfront alive. I was like, oh, they normally kill a villain after a season. Yeah. What if they just keep her around like this and she does something crazy mm-hmm. and then they just Killed her, her off, yeah, in a terrible way. And they killed it, off Soldier Boy. Like they brought her back to refrigerate her. Yeah. Why did they do that? Yeah. Even Nazi women can get refrigerated. Is what you're saying. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying in a weirder way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, they killed off Soldier Boy, who I thought was a no, no, no. Really he's alive. Soldier yeah, they Boy? put him yeah. back on ice. They oh, put, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. They did. All right. Yeah. So. Everyone was fine from that fight. No one was harmed. I will say, yeah, weird, right? I don't. I mean, obviously, the main intent is still kill Homelander. It's it actually. It's funny because I said sensible chuckle because I was thinking of Danger Five, mm-hmm. and now I'm literally like the boys is just every season. It's like, and don't forget our mission: kill Homelander. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
But uh, the only thing that like uh, the only last piece that like annoyed the only real pet peeve that I had beyond exploding dickhole was mm. when they felt the need to create like the idea or like he riled up gunpowder by basically saying that soldier boy was probably a pedophile. That's where I was like to the point of like there it's obvious that there's still a sort of, we got to write these, this for straight guy lens or like, you know, cause I was just sort of very like it's every, they do take usually pretty good steps forward and they manage to always find ways to step themselves back. Cause they're so reliant on butcher. Like, there are ways to make Butcher the continual asshole he is while not having to bring up these stupid fucking topics that are just going to be like, this is such a stupid trope. It is such a lazy way to create conflict between two men. Like, ugh, I just don't like I it. I can get it in the context of like, this would be something that would piss off gunpowder, but also, is there nothing else? <laughs> right, that's exactly what it is. Like, I totally understand that like, I'm not saying like, you can't say anything about it. I'm like, it doesn't really make it. There's tons of things you could fucking bring up. I'd like to see in the future them to satire themselves. And so they're like, instead of Homelander, the girls, it's like house lander. And then just, they, they're doing it even more with it. Coming to ABC this <laughs> fall. It's full house lander. Yes. I do. I don't really know where the, I don't, uh, I don't know. Projections either. on where, kind of what's going to happen in the next season. Like I, it's kind of like kudos for them for actually doing hero gasm. Yeah. Wasn't it? It wasn't as much sex as I needed, though. Yeah, I'll it, say that. I was kind. I thought it was. I really like really hyped it mundane. up, and I'm like, oh, this is like you that. fucked an octopus. That's crazy. Well, they would just open Not- doors and go, whoa, <laughs> and they close well, it, and they're like uh, some light electrocution. Okay, you yeah. go off straight. All right. Yeah. I'll. I've done that last Tuesday. That's not really <laughs> a thing. <laughs> Kaylin, any last thoughts or thoughts for the future? Um, I think they can't go more than one one more season. Yeah. I think I think it's got to end after or that. Somebody kill fucking Homelander for Christ's sake! <laughs> I know, yeah. you know the goal. I <laughs> actually thought Homelander. if they had killed off Homelander at the end of the season uh, and made like Soldier Boy the big bad or something else, like I would have been like, oh, that's impressive. Right? I would yeah. not have expected totally. that. Totally. But they pulled their punch. It did feel they like did. A, it definitely the that totally. Yeah, I agree. That's the one thing that I wish would change. And he's only gonna get more tired next season because we're so it's over. Still the it. same plotline. Like, what yeah. is there? What representation of America can he be tied to next, and then ultimately not get validated? And then, fight yeah, yeah. I hope that Jason Nichols comes back. Yeah, Aww. yeah. He's great. He's great. All right, that's it. But we Brent, did it. where can people find us? They can find us on Twitter, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Could you sound a little bit excited about it? I mean, they can. They know how to find <laughs> us. They found us before, and we're not going to reach oh someone God. new. Stop picking up all these blunt they, objects and throwing them at us. They're already, <laughs> they already found us. They're not. Those, those are just his jokes. It's not like they're like, oh, you found this podcast and you don't know how to recommend it to You someone. can find us on Twitter at X <laughs> and Instagram at Podcast. And, and find our regular episodes every Friday where we try to kill homos. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And bye. boob lady. Bye. Bye, little homos.